For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Donovan White and Josh Taylor. And, guys, it is a jam-packed weekend of college football action. It seems like we're able to say that every week, but it's true. We have undefeated matchups between bitter rivals. We have a game down in Georgia and Florida that – Four quarterbacks could play. We don't even know who the quarterbacks are going to be. There is Oklahoma continuing the saga with Caleb Williams. It is endless action here, and we're going to break down all of it. A little SMU and Houston sprinkled in there. We got a lot of stuff going on, Josh. It's just a great week for college football. Yeah, honestly, any football is good football. This week we talked about how this – this time of the year, we really see the true contenders rise up. And I think that big matchup with Michigan, Michigan State is really going to tell us a lot of which one can actually hang with the big dogs and which one can fall out. Can Harbaugh finally get a big win? That's the big question. I can't wait to discuss that one. I know what Donovan's going to say. <laughs> yeah, the, you you got to be looking forward to that, Donovan. That's some uh, big-time big, big Ten football there. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jim Harbaugh has disappointed I mean, in his tenure at Michigan, you, you'd expect a five or six years at a powerhouse program like the Wolverines have. You'd think they'd be at least par for par on course with some of the more elite teams in college football, and they're not. So let's see if he can right the ship and, and get the record against Michigan State to four and three. I doubt it, but, you know, we'll get into that a little later. Josh, there's absolutely no Ohio State just disdain in Donovan's voice when he talks about no. Michigan. Not at all. No None bias at all. I'm objective. I'm <laughs> just as like objective me and Albert. Can be. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Josh with the Iron Bowl, you know. LSU, Florida. Who, who knows? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the way it is. Um, but, guys, one thing, you know, when you're talking about college football action, uh, you can just bet that as the fall goes on, it's going to get better and better. And speaking of betting, that's uh, something that we like to touch on here with our uh, over-unders and the spreads and all those kind of things. And if you want to put some action on college football, this weekend or throughout the season, then make sure you're doing it with Bet Online, guys, because Bet Online has a new web interface and it's also the start of basketball season. They have more props, odds, and contests for you to enter into. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. So just head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today take advantage and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball postseason, hashtag Braves in the World Series, uh, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, you know, 
when we're talking, guys, about these these bets, that's something that we include in our big three every week, guys. Just so you know, our big three, if you're first time here on the show, we give three sets of three things where we do a headline, we do a best bet, and then we talk about some playoff implications and a, and a game that's coming up. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hit our first set of the big three this week. Big three. Josh, uh, right off the bat here, I know that, you know, this is going to sting for you a little bit because uh, you're, you know, you got that, that, if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, you can see that, that hideous Crimson Tide flag uh, hanging there over, over Josh's shoulder, um, you know, but Josh, <laughs> the headline that we've come up with this week, our first headline of the week, and these headlines, guys, are just so you know, our future headlines that we think are going to be in papers and on websites after this weekend uh, comes to pass. The first one is Bo Nix, guys. Bo Nix being, uh, you know, having his draft stock increase after a career day versus Ole Miss. I uh, I break this this game down with Tavares King on my Second to None podcast, also on the Believe Podcast Network. But guys, just talk. You know, what do you think, Bo Nix, big day versus the Rebels, huh? I see. Well, honestly, a lot of people have big days against the Rebels just because that defense isn't all the way there, especially in the passing game. But I have to say, this Bo Nix that we've seen this season has been one of the more impressive Bo Nix. Um, you know, he's done some interceptions and big moments, you know, throughout his career at Auburn. You see him get benched, then he comes back, has his best game against LSU, just showing that grit, that aggressiveness, that leadership, saying, like, guys, I'm going to, you know, come back from adversity. So this is another good moment here, big stage against Ole Miss with some, you know, kind of weird betting odds I was looking at, by the way. Um, but just a good moment against a big team that gets a lot of national attention for Bo Nix to show what he can do with his feet. And then also that little bit of magic in, uh, in the passing game as well. Donovan, uh, you saw him against Penn State. Uh, you know, Bo, Bo didn't necessarily kill him in that game. It was uh, some other other things that happened. But, you know, he could end up having a, having a big one here against the Rebels. Yeah, he's a gamer, right? I mean, he takes, you know, shots on the shoulder and, and he shrugs them off, right? Not to say he comes back and plays as the best quarterback in the country, right? But in a weak kind of draft class for quarterbacks, he can show it. I mean, we know how SEC defenses are other than Georgia. It seems as though they're pretty weak, right, Josh and uh, Bland? The rest oh, of the SEC hey, defenses hey. are pretty weak. So, I mean, you know, Bo Nick seems like he's got a good opportunity. Oh, yeah, Kentucky and Georgia. <laughs> Listen, Bo, Bo, again, Bo Nix is a fighter. Um, I love him as a player. I, I think he's got a good shot against Ole Miss to kind of, you know, implant his legacy even more in the, the past few years of college football in, in Auburn. Yeah, we definitely don't want to be talking about you know weak defenses when you when uh, Ohio State is the is the main team you're you're pulling number, for number about. two in and overall scoring defense the past four weeks. Oh, CJ Verdell just there. scored hurt I against hurt. The, <laughs> against the school of the sisters of the poor up yeah, there with geez. in the Big Ten. So we'll see. Best bet for uh, our first Good best one. bet of the week, Josh. Go ahead and tell everybody what they can expect in our first best bet. Um, expect a lot of Graham Mertz interceptions. That's that's pretty much how I see it. Uh, I see an Iowa team that's defense has been dominant all season long, plus three and a half. And we've been talking about like the home field advantage. You know, we got the jump around Wisconsin. I don't feel anything from it. Like to me, I think Iowa's too good to be, 
you know, 0.35 in this game. I just, I'm kind of confused by it. We haven't seen enough Graham Mercer say like, oh yeah, he can overcome that good passing defense. I'm expecting this to be one of those Iowa games where it's three, four interceptions. Um, and Petrus does enough to move the ball against a really good Wisconsin defense. I mean, if you remember that Penn State Wisconsin game, we thought it was going to be like that all season long from both defenses. But I think Iowa just does enough and just creates too many turnovers, um, and that's just too many points for me. That 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 little point five after the three is what really gets me going for that bet. No doubt, no doubt. You got a, a great defense over there, and Wisconsin has just uh, proven to be like luster on offense. And uh, Donovan, when we come back out of this little transition here we're going to have you talking that game of the week michigan and michigan state so here it is the first time we're talking about playoff implications michigan taking on the michigan state spartans Uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs Absolutely, Donovan. So this game has major playoff implications. Uh, go ahead and give us your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh and that that team that you said is underperformed for years in big big games uh, going to face Mel Tucker in East Lansing. You know, listen, some have said that this game is really to decide who's going to go play in the Rose Bowl for the Big Ten. Some have disagreed. I agree. Right, well, you know, I agree as the resident Buckeye fan here. But listen, uh, you've got a game in which – you got two teams that have kind of been underrated by national media. I understand they're number six. Uh, and they're both they're both top ten, right? We get that, but they're kind of underrated. It's kind of seeing what are these teams really about, right? Michigan. I've had my quarrels with them with their passing game and their offense, right? Michigan State. A lot of people are saying you need to show me a little bit more, right? Well, they're home now. It's time that you show me a little more. Both these teams have great rushing attacks, right? Kenneth Walker. We've talked about plenty of times in this show. Might be the best running back in the country. Michigan's got an electric duo and a potent offensive line and rushing attack. I'm excited to see which team kind of steps up uh, in this game. Michigan, I think, has a lot more to prove, right, just because they've been the – it's the same program, right, that they've been the past five, six years of hardball. Michigan State, they're kind of revamping their culture and their team um, with their new coach, you know, Mel Tucker, relatively new compared to Harbaugh. I'm curious to see which team steps to the plate, and we'll get to our predictions at the end of the preview. Josh? To me, this is which team can move the ball on both sides. And I, I've seen you know Thorne from Michigan State say, hey, I can throw the ball when I have two really good wide receivers with Reed and Naylor. And I just don't see that with Michigan. And I think that's what's really going to hinder this game. I think Michigan State can stop the run of Michigan to an extent. Like I think Michigan has a phenomenal run game, <laughs> but they're going to test Michigan to be like, hey, what is it bad? Oh, I'm I'm shocked. You're saying they're going to stop the run? Oh, I, I think I think, Mel, I, I, I think they're, they're going to do enough. Like we talked about, Mel Tucker being that defensive guy. People have talked kind of bad about Michigan State's defense, but it's slowly been getting better throughout the whole season. They know what to expect. They know McNamara cannot throw the ball. I think he's Not only right. got like 11, 1100 yards this season. They're going to force him. it. Yeah, they're going to say, "Hey." We know what you're going to do. We want you to prove us wrong. So I think Michigan State is going to test them. They're at home, like you said. It's going to be electric there. Kenneth Walker III is going to pop off this game. This is his Heisman game. This is his moment. He is my official vote. I don't care what happens the rest of the season. Kenneth Walker III wins the Heisman this Saturday at noon, which is still weird. I hate that game being so early. I just I remember like the punt block game and everything being so late, the, the fake field goal back in the day. like These games should be at night, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I mean, but when you you know, I was making that face when you're talking about that defense because I just I'm not real confident. Even though Mel Tucker's a defensive guy, uh, and he was defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart, you know, at, at Georgia, it's just I, they've struggled, you know, this year at times. Nebraska uh, running the ball on them for 188 yards, and Nebraska has nowhere near the rushing attack that that uh, Michigan does. Of course, Indiana last week. Uh, 134 yards rushing, almost four yards a carry. If 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 John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, with Corum and Haskins over there is able to get four yards a carry in this game, he'll do it. I mean, he'll just take it and take it and take it, and then finally hit some uh, hit some shots with McNamara over the top. You know, be able to go after that. I I I think that Michigan is just physically uh, tougher. Than, than Michigan State right now. I think that that up front, uh, that that Michigan offensive line is going to do enough to allow them to, you know, control the control the tempo of this game, control the style of play, and and keep Kenneth Walker off the field. You know, I think that's a, that's a big thing. You know, because uh, that they, they Michigan State really they've been more explosive offensively this year uh, than they have in terms of you know people thinking they might be a more defensive-minded team with a guy like Mel Tucker as their head coach. Um, so I'm going to take Michigan in this game. I'm going to go ahead and throw my my uh, prediction out there. I think this game is one that possessions are limited because both teams are going to try to uh, run the football and things like that. I'm going to say some some things happen maybe on, on special teams, bounce Michigan's way where they've bounced against Michigan in the past. I think all the demons are getting shaken out here by, uh, by the Wolverines. So I'm going to take Michigan in a, in a close one here. I'm going to take Michigan to, to cover uh, and to win 27-21 on the road against mm-hmm. Michigan State. All right, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to throw out some Jim Harbaugh stats because they're great. <laughs> from this time in Michigan. This is like, this is just says job security, right? So Michigan is 18 and four straight up as road favorites under Harbaugh, which is good. They're road favorites this week, right? But against top 10 teams, Jim Harbaugh is two in 12 at Michigan. (laughs) That is terrible. He cannot, I think he's three and eight against Ohio state and Michigan. I mean, on Michigan state combined at his time at Michigan. So I just haven't seen a Jim Harbaugh say, Hey, we can, beat a big 10 team on the road. That's a top 10 team. Cause he hasn't done it. He's only done it twice. So I'm going Michigan state here. I'm going to say 28, 24. Kenneth right. Walker pops off 150 yards, two touchdowns. There you go, Donovan. Yeah. Watching that Michigan game against Northwestern last week. I understand. I think it was 30, 37 was the final score. Yeah. They covered the spread, right? Jim Harbaugh knows what the spread is. He knows he got a lot to prove. If you watch that game, you're out. I was watching that Michigan Northwestern game. I'm like, oh my god, like Michigan is bad. Like they they can't throw the ball. Like they they had like they have a high school JV passing offense. They're they're bad. They are bad at passing the ball. That is nothing to take away from their O line or run game, but they are bad at passing the ball. They're just dink and dunk offense. Um, and maybe Michigan State's not the team that exposes them. I think they will be. Uh, I'm going to go Michigan State 27, and I'm going to go Michigan. 20 there we go so we've got two versus one there on our 
uh, first game preview. Now we'll get into our second set of the big three. No need for the transition here. We're going to roll right into it and go into the second set of our big three. And our headline there is, Ellen, this is one this is one I've been I've been telling for a couple of weeks that I think it up. I think people need to be need to be ready for. That would be a team that is kind of getting to play second fiddle over there in the AAC behind Cincinnati. And the headline it reads: SMU sends a message to Cincinnati. Be ready because they are going to face a good Houston team on the road. Bet Online has it as a pick'em game right now. Uh, absolutely no advantage to either side. So really, when SMU's on the road, that's really saying they may be, uh, you know, a three-point favorite because you typically get two, three points for home field advantage uh, going towards Houston. So a pick'em game, and uh, I think SMU with uh, Tanner Mordecai and those guys have a have a lot to uh, to prove. We're going to get to that preview here in just a second, but before we do, Josh, go ahead and tell them what our second best bet of the week is. Yeah, this is the ACC Offensive Showdown. We've got Clemson versus Florida State. We said under 47. I think Florida State, they just, they're hit or miss. They either, you know, beat North Carolina like they shouldn't or they lose to Jacksonville State. So, for me, I'm really looking at this as Clemson's defense being able to just completely shut down Florida State. But then also, Clemson's defense is, I mean, offense is just that bad and that boring. Like, DJ Ugalale got benched last week. We don't know what to expect. Pharmaceutical Tech came in. Yeah, Pharmaceutical Tech came in. Had a couple still can't pronounce his last name. (laughs) And we're not going to learn it. We just learned Ugalale over here. So, Pharmaceutical Tech is the name of the Clemson quarterback. Yeah. Maybe DJ calls up Dr. Pepper and really hits that transfer portal. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to watch. But we there's just too many questions at quarterback and then the the offense for Clemson not showing up. There's no way they lose to Florida State, right? Like, there's no way. But I also don't see Clemson scoring over, like, 23 because I don't think they've even done it this year. If they did, it's, like, 21-22. So I'm looking at it as, like, a 27, like, 17 game, 27-14 kind of game going Clemson's way. So 47 is just too many points for me. And Donovan circling back to SMU at Houston. That is our second game preview here in our uh, second set of the big three. You got number 19 SMU going to Houston, like we said. Donovan, what's your uh, initial thoughts on this matchup? Well, I think obviously Tanner Mordecai is a stud, right? I mean, he's got 2,300 yards, 71% completion rate, 29 touchdowns and only seven picks. He's a stud, right? And he does it with his legs, does it with his arm. The, the thing I have noticed, I watched a little bit uh, of SMU's offensive line and their run game, is that they don't really run the ball in the traditional way, you know, as much as you see, right, because Tanner Mordecai has that ability. They But they do have the ability to just open up the run game. That offensive line in the run game, and I'll get to the pass game in a second, ha- they've got the technique, they've got the fundamentals to kind of balance out if Tanner Mordecai is pressured, which Houston has to be able to do in order to win this game is get pressure. Because some of those guys for the the SMU offensive line, you know, Tanner Mordecai has, has only been sacked twice. You can see that they are waiting to get exposed. Those tackles, they got some short sets too much. It's, it's just because Tanner Mordecai is that good of a player, right? And he's playing at such a high level right now. He knows he knows the offense. He knows his players around him. The Houston defense has to apply pressure because they have opportunities. Even though the stats don't suggest it, they have opportunities against an SMU offensive line. No doubt, Josh. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been you know talking about Mordecai a little bit. He's like his name comes up in the draft community also. Um, like I remember just a really good offensive unit uh, with led by Shane Bouchelle last year, who I thought was going to be a good guy in the draft too. He went you know undrafted to the Chiefs, has kind of got released, but still, it's impressive how they have a lot of weapons come back, and then uh, Mordecai just comes in. It just it's a smooth transition. They kind of expect like a little bit of a slouch in production, and it really hasn't been there. You have weapons all over the place for SMU. You have Danny Gray, who has 38 catches, 609 yards, and seven touchdowns with a 16 yards per catch average. He's like they're one of their top deep threats. Then you got Rashid Rice, 35 catches, 415 yards, six touchdowns, and Reggie Robertson, 30 catches, 408 yards, and five touchdowns. So it's just an even playing field throughout. Like All of his weapons are eaten. And then he also has another guy that uh, transferred from Oklahoma with them. They're tight end. What was his name? Grant Calcaterra. Yeah. So he's got he's got some chemistry going on there, but then he also has some weapons all across the field. It's not like he's just targeting one guy every single play. So it's going to keep Houston on their heels, but Houston's defense is really good. And I think that's something that can make a big difference and why the betting odds of this game is the way it is. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. One reason I like uh, SMU is because – Garrett Riley, who is Lincoln Riley's brother, is the offensive coordinator at SMU. Uh, he is going to scheme up, you know, a lot of guys and get the ball into his playmaker's hands. And you see that when you see, you know, three guys, like you said, with Robertson Jr., with Rice, with Gray, all above 30 catches. Then there's Calcaterra there who came, like you said, with Mordecai from uh, Oklahoma. So they go from one Riley to another, right? <laughs> so it, the younger brother's stealing from Smart. his older brother. But, hey, you know, he wasn't going to play there with Spencer Rattler and and uh, Caleb Williams. After what Spencer Rattler did early on, he may have called his brother and said, hey, why'd you steal the best quarterback on my roster? Because uh, Tan- Tanner Mordecai now, Caleb Williams is playing good now, of course. But, uh, you know, the way Mordecai is playing, he, I think anybody in the country would like to have uh, a quarterback like that on their on their roster. He's been very, very, uh, very, very steady. Like we said, 71% completion mm-hmm. rate and, uh, you know, 20, 29 to 7 touchdown to to interception ratio and I think on the flip side of that you've got Houston who is they can't run the ball and they're very one-dimensional when it comes to the passing game because the lion's share of their targets goes towards Nathaniel Dell right he has 39 receptions on the year with 510 yards their next leading receiver Christian Trahan, 23 catches for 261 yards. So that's not going to get it done. (laughs) It's a much different, it's a much different disparity there. And I think a SMU coach team, right, will take away uh, Dell, that main target for, uh, for Houston. And, you know, Clayton Toon may have some, may have some trouble finding those other guys, uh, disrupt the rhythm. They have an inability to run the football. I like SMU to win this game. And I think that they're, they're going to score points doing it as they always do. I'm going to take SMU to win this game on the road. Tight one. Uh, I'm going to take them to win 35-31. Okay. Uh, the, the thing I'm looking at for this game is I think people are really betting on Houston's defense to show up. Donovan, you mentioned Mordecai's only been sacked twice this season. He might be sacked twice this game because Houston has 28 total sacks on the season mostly by that defensive line just coming at him all game long. But still, I think he's too good to you know let a defense like that stop him all game long. 
So I'm going with SMU on this one also. I'm going to say 31-24 SMU. Yeah, Josh, pretty close to mine. I have I have SMU winning 31-23 only because I don't trust Houston's def- or offense right to keep up pace with SMU if they get rolling. I understand Houston's defense is good, right? But SMU's offense is fast, right? They're electric. Got a great quarterback playing right now and just elevating the rest of their team. I don't see Houston being able to keep up with that, and I don't see Houston's defense being able to hold back SMU's offense for, for very long. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, so we're all taking uh, SMU here in this contest, even though we differed on the first one with Michigan and Michigan State. And now it's time to get to our third set of the big three, working our way right through the show here. And Donovan, you'll like this headline. You'll, you'll, you, you may like it. And then part of you may hate it at the same time because of the implications of what it takes. But, Uh, what it takes into account. The headline that will read after this one is C.J. Stroud's performance has a lasting impact. This is twofold, ladies and gentlemen, because there are rumors circulating out there on the World Wide Web that Quinn Ewers is about to hit the transfer portal. He is regretting his decision to go play for Ohio State and could end up back where he originally committed at Texas. Why would this why would this have a lasting impact? Well, Quinn Ewers is a very 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 good quarterback that many expect to be uh Patrick Patrick Mahomes-esque when he does get to get on the, the field. And all, yeah. And if he's at Texas and he's that good, does that make one Arch Manning decide not to go to Texas uh to to put himself in that position? And that helps teams like Georgia, like uh, Ole Miss, and Alabama with their shot. He's visiting Clemson this week, but I think things have died off with Clemson with their just terrible performance this year. Uh, But Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss could greatly benefit from C.J. Stroud just continuing to dominate if he just blows up Penn State and Quinn Ewers hits the portal. So, Donovan, just uh, as an Ohio State guy, your thoughts on all that? Well, I just I think it's awesome to you know to think about other teams or have to think about the future you know two three years from now and worry about that you know Ohio State we're just we're focused on now I mean I guess Georgia and Alabama and Texas are focused about what you know eighteen year old freshmen hey, we're reloading that's it listen <laughs> listen I, I I saw some of those quote unquote rumors that were going out there um, I don't disagree it's been in the back of my head right the, the thought has been in the back of my head is what what happens with Quinn it's been like that. The beginning of the season, what happens if Stroud falls out, which he's he started it now. That being said, those rumors started from Michigan fan boards, right? I saw a picture. It was Quinn Ewers. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, one one thing on Twitter that that kind of popped off was you know, Quinn Ewers deleted all of the, the the references to Ohio State football in his Twitter page. And I saw that picture, and I'm like, oh, man. And then I went to his actual Twitter page, and it still says <laughs> – at Ohio State football. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but I'll, I'll say this. That thought has creeped in my head, and it creeped in my head right from the jump when he said he was going to skip his senior season of high school. Yeah, you think cool. Justin Fields struggling in the NFL hurts him anyway? Like a quick little question, just because, you know, the Haskins and then Fields is like, nah, right now. Do you think that kind of hinders recruits also? I, oh. I, I think if Justin Fields went somewhere, I mean, sorry, any Bears fans out there. If he went somewhere other than Chicago that kind of had a little bit more support, like along, especially along the offensive line, yeah. yes. But Chicago with Matt Nagy and their offensive line right now and their lack of support around him, 
I don't know if you can put it all on Justin Fields. Wayne Haskins, I mean, we know Justin. Oh, yeah, Washington was a great place. I'll just tell you this, and a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about it. The reason Justin Fields did not play over Jake Fromm at Georgia was because from all indications is that he did not do a great job at reading defenses and and was not a – uh, outstanding quarterback from the pocket. We know that he went to a system that was very conducive to what he, the, his style of play at Ohio State. I don't know that that Justin Fields will be that successful in the NFL. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what what team he's on. So um, you know we'll we'll see. But best bet right here, uh, number three, Josh. We got the Baylor Bears minus two and a half versus Texas. What do you like about uh, Baylor getting two and a half? I like Baylor's defense, and Texas has shown that they're going to let any offense score points on them. And it's at Baylor, so we'll talk about that home field advantage. You know, we've been saying it all season long. So I'm going with Baylor on the points this one. I think they just outscore him. But John Robinson's going to do what he does. But I just haven't seen enough from that pass game to be like, yep, Texas is going to be able to put up points to put uh, to keep up with Baylor, who's going to hang, I'm going to say, like close to 38, 35, or you know, in that 40 range on Texas. That's what that's what I'm predicting. I think this would be like a 38, 31 kind of game for Baylor. There you go. So that's our third best bet, and that leads us into sticking in the Big 12. We have our third preview with playoff implications, as always, Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. And it has playoff implications because Oklahoma, number four team in the country, right now you would have to think they would get the nod uh, to get a CFP place if the uh, CFP committee was meeting today. And with the Caleb Williams and the way they're playing, uh, great stuff here. So give us, uh, Josh, what's the what's the line on this game with uh, with Oklahoma and and Texas Tech over, under, all that kind of stuff? So the spread on this one, 19 and a half points for Oklahoma, and the over-unders at 67. I like that over-under just because we've seen that both defenses are terrible. Texas put like, what, 60 on Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma showing every single week that they're going to let teams like Kansas drop a good bit of uh, points on them. So I would go over 67. I don't know about 19 and a half for Oklahoma, even though Texas Tech has been terrible all season long. I can just, I just can't trust the Oklahoma team with the spread. I've done it twice this season and I've lost both. So I'm leaning the over just because it's Big 12 defense. Donovan? Yeah, I, I think this game has the feel kind of with Oklahoma and TCU a few weeks ago. Whereas I think it was like 52, 31, 51, 30, something along those lines. You know, this is a big, big game for Oklahoma because this is your last chance before the committee has their first rankings come out on Tuesday right, and to show the committee and to show the college football world, like I mentioned last week, I think Oklahoma's of those, you know, top six, seven teams, they're the most mentally fragile of all of them, right? This is your chance to say, hey, we're not the team that we played against the Kansas Jayhawks, right? <laughs> no offense to the you know, any Kansas players or fans <laughs> listening, but you're Kansas, right? You're pretty bad. I don't care what you do against Oklahoma. It's a chance for the Sooners to show that they're not that team because if you don't do it now, right, you're hanging on by a thread, each week, and, and again, once the, the once those committee rankings come out, the players, the coaches, the fans start to think about that. Now it's not so much the AP. The AP votes and the rankings don't matter anymore. The committee rankings, you know you have that coming every week, and there's that extra pressure of, man, where are we going to rank at? What does this mean for next week? Or we just dropped the spot. What happens now? There's a lot of pressure on the Sooners, I think, to show out for this game. Yeah, and you got a Texas Tech team who, you know, historically going all the way back to the Mike Leach days, is they're gonna they're gonna air it out. They're gonna do all kind of different things, and they've got uh, some guys to to do that with. Josh, you got a guy, and 
Eric Izu Kanma, which is not an easy oh, yeah. last name to say. You know, I had to practice that one several, several times before the show. Eric Izu Kanma is 6'3", 220 pounds, has over 500 receiving yards on the season, 32 receptions. And then tied right there with him is Kalen Geiger with 32 receptions. So they've kind of got a, a two-headed monster there on the outside. And one thing we've seen about Oklahoma uh, is they struggle – to tackle in space, right? I think Oklahoma and Florida are two teams that should be good at defense that are just not good at tackling fundamentally. You had Steve Spurrier get a question uh, in a press conference this week about Florida saying, um, you know, what what's part of the problem at Florida? Why are you guys struggling? He said, well, we don't tackle very well. <laughs> so that's what that's what that's he said. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, the same, same thing. I think when you – that just tends to happen when you have an offensive-minded head coach, a guy like Lincoln Riley. Um, you can say all you want about, you know, wanting to hire a great defensive coordinator, and he has an Alex Grinch there, but there it always takes on a little bit of that personality of the head coach there, right? And uh, oh, when yeah. you're an offensive guy, it just kind of – it kind of slides a little bit, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm not saying Oklahoma is going to lose this game. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give my pr- prediction here and, and my score. But I do like Texas Texas Tech to cover this game uh, just because I don't trust that defense to, to make enough plays to stop them. I think Caleb Williams, another big game. Uh, but people need to understand, too, Caleb Williams showed some, you know, obviously had some heroics there against Kansas. Uh, but I don't think that Texas Tech's defense is going to be as poor tackling as Kansas's was there at the end of that game. Some of those runs that he made and the one that he made to, for the touchdown to kind of seal it, just terrible tackling over there. And uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma to win this game but not cover the spread. I'll take Oklahoma 48, Texas Tech 35. Mm, okay. I'll say Texas Tech's defense allows an average of 30.6 points per game. So I'm saying bet that over all day long because it's going to be like a 48-35 kind of game. I I kind of agree. I feel like this is a game that Texas Tech can cover. and It's because of uh, Izu Kama. He's another wide receiver in the draft a lot of guys are talking about. He can do it all. They they put him anywhere on the field, and they also use him in the run game, do some in-rounds and stuff like that. So they just need to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. You know, your starting quarterback going down, he's out till November. Uh, Columbia is the backup. Hasn't looked too good. He's had some turnover. He's kind of just playing like a conservative role right now. So they have to get the offense going. And, hey, yeah, what, what a better eight, defense. Only 8.2 air yards per attempt for Columbia. So they're not I, pushing the ball down the field with him. They as will this yet. week. <laughs> yeah, they will, they'll test that, that Oklahoma secondary for sure. So what's your score again? I'm going to say, uh, I think this is like a 40, 48-35 is what I'm going to go with. We did the exact same score there. So, it's that, <laughs> that, that same score for Oklahoma. And take, we're both 48-35 Oklahoma. Happen, then. Donovan, Donovan, what about you? Yeah, I'm going Oklahoma, too. I think it's another one of those games where they kind of have a bounce-back game after Kansas last week, but like more of a bounce-back on offense game. So, I'm going to go 45-28. Oklahoma can text tech to cover, but it's, it's a bounce back game, but you still look at the Oklahoma defense and you're like, Oh man, like I get it's Texas tech, you know, that kind of air raid offense, but Oklahoma, (laughs) no, it's like Oklahoma. Come on. So it's like a little bit of a bounce back game, but a little bit like, "Yeah, yeah, about the same as what we expected. Absolutely. So there we have it guys. Those are our, that's our third set of big three. And we want to end you 
with some rapid fire picks here. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, turn on turn on a little music here. We're gonna go rapid fire, and we're gonna give you some of our picks this week. So uh, Donovan. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Not that you're biased or anything. No, of course what not. Do you, what do you think about Ohio State going to Penn State? Penn State's rolling off the freeway real quick in this race called College Football 2021. Ohio State's going to dominate this game. Uh, passionate about this game, so I'll give my score. I'm going to go Ohio State 45, Penn State 21. Okay. Uh, Josh, who do you like, Ohio State, Penn State? Yeah, Penn State, they looked so good to start the season. Now they're kind of reeling back. I'm going to say Ohio State 31, Penn State 20. Okay, I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm not even going to throw a score out. I'm just going to say it's be big. Ohio State going to beat the hell out of out of Penn State after the uh, total 38 points scored in nine overtimes against Illinois. It's just not going to get it done. Georgia, same thing. Going to beat the absolute stew out of Florida uh, on Saturday. Josh? Yeah, Florida's going to try to run the ball, and they're not going to be able to run the ball because of that Georgia defensive line led by Davis, who is just an absolute stud. Like you said, Florida's probably going to play both quarterbacks this game more than likely, so I'm going to go Georgia 27, Florida 13. Good Lord. If Georgia only scores 27 points, there's going to be a problem. Donovan? I'm going Georgia. I think they're going to dominate Florida, but I wouldn't be surprised if Florida gives Georgia a little bit of stress in this game. Of course, you would say that. Ohio State person. Here we go. Uh, Ole Miss and Auburn. I've already told you I think Bo Nix is going to have a career game uh, as part of our one of our headlines in the big three. I, I like uh, Auburn. I said on our uh, my other show, uh, Auburn 31, Auburn 34, Ole Miss 31. Mm. Auburn's favorites this game. It's like three and a half, right? Or something yeah, and it's at home. Right? It's at Jordan Air Stadium. So, yeah, that really guy has to play into it. And Auburn's defense has looked really good this season compared to what I was expecting it to. I want to see Tank get going in that run game, though. I want to see them run the ball more. I think Ole Miss is a team you can do that against, so I hate to say it. But I think Auburn wins this one. I'm going to say 28-23. Yeah, I don't see Auburn winning this game. I don't know. I don't know Ooh. what it is about it. I think Ole Miss is winning. I, I trust Matt Corral too much. I think we learned a lot about Auburn even after Penn State's loss against Illinois. I'm going Ole Miss in this game. I'm going to go 31 Auburn 20. No, uh, we'll see. We'll Every see what I happens. Go against Auburn, they win. So <laughs> my gut said go against them, so I did the opposite. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So Iowa. And it goes to Wisconsin. We've already said our it's one of our best bets. Iowa plus the three and a half. I think Iowa takes care of business this game with that uh, experienced defense. Don't trust, uh, you know, Wisconsin. I'm going to say Iowa wins this game uh, 24 to 17. Iowa 31 13. Yeah. I'm going Iowa, and I don't know if I want to take that over of 36. I don't think I've ever seen an over under that well. <laughs> give me, give me Iowa twenty-one, Wisconsin thirteen. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. So then we got Kentucky at Mississippi State. I've got Kentucky winning this game twenty-seven twenty-three. I trust, uh, you know, Will Levis, Darian Kennard, Wandell Robinson. I trust those guys. They're battle tested against Georgia on the road. Playing at Mississippi State will not be as hard as playing in Athens. I don't know if them cowbells are loud. Mississippi State, once again, favorites kind of surprised me there against number 12, Kentucky. I agree with you, though. Kentucky, that defense, Will Levis is going to get frustrated trying to pass the ball way too much. I'm going to say 23-17, Kentucky. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. Those cowbells are allowed. Played them in our first, first bowl game as a freshman, and they are allowed to obnoxious. And I think it's going to be a difference maker. I think Mississippi State pulls the upset on Kentucky. Oh, no. They go the same score as Blaine, 27-23, but in favor of Mississippi State. North Carolina at Notre Dame. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins because North Carolina's hot garbage. <laughs> they are as inconsistent as it gets. But I'm going to say North Carolina wins this one because I have to back my guy, Sam Howell, who might be the featured quarterback for Washington. So I can't pick against him. And then he says, Josh, remember that one time you went against me and see. Yeah. So I'm going to go North Carolina. I think the passing game gets going this game. Yeah, I think both teams are a mess. I don't think either one is very good. But Josh, I'm with you. I think North Carolina wins this game um, outright. I think Sam Howell steps up and, and it kind of shows how overrated Notre Dame is. And then finally, I'm going to take the – absolute dumpster fire that Miami is to look that way against Heisman finalist should be Heisman finalist Kenny Pickett for the Pitt Panthers Uh, I like Kenny Pickett I think he's gonna do great things uh, at the next level give me Pitt big in this one Josh yeah it's funny we said if Pitt beats Clemson and Kenny Pickett looks good he will be in the Heisman race and guess who I saw at number four in a lot of polls this week so Kenny Pickett hype trains rolling I have to go with him I agree Miami looked way better than I expected last week against NC State I don't know what they were drinking out of the the Kool-Aid over there but still I got to go pit at home I'm gonna say by 20. Yeah, I'm going Pitt as well against against Miami I'm gonna, I'd say about maybe like two scores 14 or 17 points right two or three scores I hear you. Well, guys, that is our rapid-fire picks. We've hit all of our sets of big three, got all our previews in, so that is our show. Uh, Just enjoy a great weekend of college football. As always, our show here is presented by Bet Online. Thank you to 365 Sports YouTube channel of, you know, letting us use the platform over here. We enjoy being on. And, guys, check out the the people on Sideline Sports Network as well, at sidelines underscore sn on twitter they'll help you out a lot our handle is at cfb unfiltered uh make sure to hit a follow on that hit subscribe uh turn on notifications and find us on apple podcast uh spotify google podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts for donovan white and josh taylor i am blaine gilmer and we will see you on the next episode of CFB Unfiltered, which will be our reaction episode on Sunday Night Live. So you want to catch it, guys, and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.